The Property Playbook would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the lands of where this podcast is recorded, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations, acknowledging the culture, the history, and the connection to the lands of what we call home. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome to The Property Playbook, the podcast where we take you from A to V of all things property. My name is Jessica Ricky, and hopefully one day I will be able to buy my first home. But until then, we're chatting to people from our community to learn their stories and how they got into their first home, which is very exciting. Across the table from me, I have the wonderful Victoria Devine. Hello. Who does in fact own a home. I do, which is very fun and I feel very privileged to have done so. But do you know what? I didn't always think I'd be able to buy property. Yeah. I thought for a very long time it was completely out of reach. And I Mm -hmm. remember the day, and this is quite fitting because recently Kate and I, we rocked up to one of our clients' settlements Mm -hmm. because their real estate agent took down their sign Mm -hmm. and all they wanted was that photo with the sign putting the sticker on. I remember when I bought my property and if you listen to the first season of the property playbook, which doesn't exist now because we're updating absolutely everything, you would know that I bought off market. Mm -hmm. That means I never got the for sale sign. Oh, sad. So I hunted down one of my real estate friends to Mm -hmm. get me a sold sticker. So if you ever see photos of Steve and I out the front of our house with a sold sticker, that's why. I just really wanted that sold sticker Mm -hmm. because I feel like that's such a memory. Like it's kind of like you did it, but it's that sense of achievement, like getting Mm -hmm. that photo. That photo means so much to me. So yeah, anyway, a bit lame, but at the end of the day, (laughs) buying my first property never felt like a reality. And then when it did, it felt like a dream. Jess, you've been telling me a little bit about the property diarist we're about to introduce. How about you let everybody else in? Alrighty. So this week's property diarist said, I'm 26 years old and currently in the process of moving into my first home all on my own. It's a goal that I've had since I was 19 and it was encouraged by my parents. I came into a little bit of an inheritance and began saving like crazy. After the pandemic, a few career changes, wage negotiations and a change of builder, it's all finally happening for me. Oh, when you say a change of builder, that mm-hmm. gives me anxiety because there must have been something that happened. Doesn't it just stress you out a little bit? A little bit juicy. Let's talk to her. I think so, Property Diaries. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Property diarist, in your story, you said that you were in the process of moving in, but we have just zoomed in with you. Where are you? What you up to? I'm in my new bedroom. Ah, How exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So it's got flat packs everywhere and boxes <laughs> everywhere, but no complete furniture yet. But yeah, I'm in my new room. But it's How a house exciting. and it's yours and that's the most exciting thing in the world. Yeah, exactly. Amazing. Oh love. Well, let me get started asking you a couple of questions to set the scene for everyone at home. Can you start off by telling us when and where did you purchase? So I initially purchased my land in 2020. I put my name on some land that wasn't titled yet. Settlement for that what happened in 2021. So that's when I officially owned the land. Mm-hmm. And then in 2022, I started building and 2023, I'm now in it. A long process, isn't it, from start to finish? Yeah. Whereabouts are you located? I'm in Shepparton, which is about two hours north of Melbourne. 
Mm-hmm. For anyone who plays Ultimate Frisbee, they often host a Ultimate Frisbee tournament in Shepparton every year. That is so unrelatable, I Jessica. I have been to Shepparton for that. Very specific, but there you go. I've never been, but I have heard of it. Maybe I'll see you there next year. Yes. <laughs> My next question for you, Property Diarist, is how much do you earn and what do you do for work? So I work in vehicle finance at a dealership. So if you need a car and you need a little bit of a loan, which is a little bit controversial. <laughs> no, it's totally not. I own a loan business. We do that all the time. You just got to be smart oh, about yeah, it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you need a little bit of a loan for your car, I help you with that. I also sell aftermarket. So if you need tint and paper protection, all that extra stuff, I sell that. So I earn roughly 60 grand a year on wages and then commission on top of that. And what, what does your- commission look like? Come on now, Money Darius. You can't say, oh, commission on top of that. So I recently changed dealerships. So it's a little bit different, but it's roughly 1500 a month. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, that's pretty very good. nice. Yes. That's yeah. a good little top up. Is that pretty consistent or does it like come up and go down and like flip around a little it's bit? It's very inconsistent. Last month sucked. <laughs> this month has been good so far, mm-hmm. but the month before that as well was also good. So it has its moments. It fluctuates a bit. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Now, did you make this purchase with anybody else? Just me. That's exciting. We love to see it. As someone else who wants to do it, you give me hope. <laughs> Amazing. How much did you spend on this property? So I did break it down because I originally owned just the land and then I built on top of it. Mm-hmm. So the land itself was 150 and then the build was 280. Oh, that's pretty good. I'm trying to do the math in yeah. my head. Three, four, 430 total. Yes. New little yes. money Look wizard. Look at me go. That's very nice. First for... time you've done the maths before I have tried. I know normally I, I wait for Victoria to do it, but I thought today's the day. I do it myself. Love, love. (laughs) When you were looking for your property, what kind of non-negotiables did you have? So being in a country town, I've never had not had a decent-sized backyard, so that was a non-negotiable for me. So I'm currently sitting on just under 900 square meters. Oh, you are not. Wow. I am. That is so much land. Mm -hmm. To put it in a little bit of context, uh, Jess, my property in Melbourne, that was astronomically expensive, uh, mm-hmm. 450 square metres. Crazy. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> You're, like, too small. Too small. I could never. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. I'm some sorry. Of us, I'm sorry. Some of us bought properties within our budgets, okay? Yes. If you think that's yes. bad, my old rental was on 230. No, it was not. So <gasps> even your house sounds like a luxury compared to yes. that. I do have a backyard and a front yard. I would mm-hmm. just like to disclaim that. Um, they aren't big, yep. but you get what you get and you don't get up. Upset. I'm just used to these sizes. I could not go. I'm just used to this. I could not go any smaller. <laughs> One of the benefits, I guess, of being in a more regional space is there is more space generally, yes. isn't there? Yes. Amazing. Now, how much did you have in your deposit to get that first property? So I did only have a 30 grand deposit. So I did get LMI on that as well. Um, but it was, I only got LMI on the land okay. because the build I had over the 20%, I think. I can't quite remember the split, but, mm-hmm. yeah, I had 30 in total but only LMI on the land. Oh, that's quite cool. I didn't know that that was a thing, that you could pay it on one and not the other. Yeah. I want to be more pervy, though, Jess. I'm really sorry. Mm-hmm. You said that you had a $30,000 deposit, but earlier in the episode we learned that you had a little bit of an inheritance. What portion of that deposit was inheritance versus your own savings? 
So I came into the inheritance when I was 20. So it was a long time ago. Mm -hmm. That did motivate me to start saving, but I did also buy a car in between then. Yeah, Um, fair. So, yeah, because mine was running into the ground. It was a bit of a need. (laughs) Yeah, especially out that way, I think, when you've got to get from point A to point B. If everyone's on 900 square blocks, you're probably not walking all that much. Or maybe you are. Maybe you're getting the steps in. No, absolutely not. (laughs) Did you use any government grants or schemes to take advantage and kind of make that smaller deposit work? Yes. So I actually was able to get two grants. Mm -hmm. I got the $15,000 home builder grant. Yep. And I got $20,000 for the first homeowner's grant because of I signed my build contract before it changed to ten. So wow. I was able to get the full twenty. That's awesome. And so that's thirty-five thousand that you had additionally. Yeah. And did you I'm assuming that all just went to your deposit as well? So you had sixty-five total. Is that how you chose to do it? So the first homeowner's grant, my broker stuffed it up a little bit. She only applied for ten through my bank. So I was actually deposited the extra 10 yesterday as like a cash grant because I was entitled to the 20 but only got the 10 off my mortgage. Mm-hmm. It just sounds like she didn't use a Zella broker. <laughs> Should have gone to Zella. Should have gone to Zella. Sounds a lot like you didn't. Oh, I used local. Yeah. Yep. yep. See, that's what you get. Mm-hmm. How did you find that broker? <laughs> Word of mouth. So I actually used to work next door to them and um, I've had friends that have used them before and heard good things. So yeah, I went through That's them. the best way, honestly, always yeah. going through, I guess, a channel of trust, I think is the best thing to do, especially when it comes mm. to property. I mean, brokers can work all across Australia. It actually doesn't matter about location, but I'm somebody who wants to know that they're a trustworthy individual. So mm-hmm. often I'll be like, oh, Jess, who did you use? And yeah. I'm just so much more comfortable using someone that I know you trusted as well. 100%. The last question that I have for you, Property Diarist, before we head to a really quick break is looking back, is there anything about your journey that you would change? Not majorly, no. Now that I'm in my house, like all the stress and everything was almost worth it. There's just like a few minor things that I probably would have added that I can do later on. But Mm -hmm. overall, I don't think I would actually change anything, which is always nice. That's really good that you can feel that way, even with what sounds like a tumultuous experience, which I'm really excited to learn a little bit more about right when we come back from this super quick break. Welcome back, everybody. Property Diarist, in your letter that you submitted to us, it sounds like your experience was a little bit of a journey. You had COVID, you changed builders, you had all of these things happen. Can you kind of walk us through in a little bit more detail what that was like? So I changed builders, but I didn't. So I never initially signed a contract with the first builder, but the whole way through, I wanted to build with them. And then when I got the quote and everything, I was like, that is insanely out of my budget. Mm-hmm. So I started shopping around for someone else, ended up going with a franchise builder, which not the best experience either. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I'm happy with my house. So I would say it was worth it. Yep. Yeah. What was that experience like? What kind of went wrong along the way that makes you go, oh, didn't love it? So I've had two build supervisors. Yep. So that was a bit, actually almost three because the manager stepped in for a little bit between the two taking over. Mm -hmm. There was just a lot of communication issues. I felt like I wasn't getting direct answers or anything like that. And I was always having to chase up things that, was part of their job but 
at the end of the day, I'm happy. So yeah, it's always tough when you feel like you have to step in because you're like, well, that's not, I don't really know. I'm assuming you didn't really know a whole lot about the building process or what that looks like. And you kind of would think that's what the supervisor's for. That's their job. And so if you're having to kind of step in, but then you're like, oh, I don't want to micromanage. It's it's hard to find that line, I suppose. Yeah. Given that you were doing it by yourself, how did you find advocating for yourself as someone who isn't an expert and I'm assuming you were probably dealing with a lot of guys who had maybe worked in their industry for a while. Was that hard? It was. I did put my Karen pants on a couple of times, <laughs> but um, my latest field supervisor was a girl of a similar age to me. So I was able mm-hmm. to speak up for myself a bit more comfortably being that we are the same yeah. demographic. But yeah, it was, it had been difficult. I did get my parents to step in a couple of times because I was like, I don't know. You own a house. You know how it works. Can you help me? (laughs) Yeah. And were they really hands-on with that experience? Did they give you a lot of help and support through the process? My stepdad helped me move today. Yeah, my mum wasn't able to because she's working. But yeah, they've been real supportive through it all, which has been great. Incredible. You said as well in your letter to us that you went through a few career changes and wage negotiations and things like that. How close was that? Because obviously your process of building has been too close to three years. How close were those career changes in terms of timeline to everything else that you've had going on? So I used to be an accountant. So I'm still in a somewhat finance industry, but still very different to what I currently do. I like a lot of people, lost my job in 2020 because of COVID. And it was just so hard to find another accounting job. I just stepped into an admin role at a dealership just to get by for now. And then a finance role came available and my manager at the time actually suggested I go for it. So I did and I've now since moved to another dealership in the same role. How cool. Did you have to do any additional training to kind of go from being an accountant to a broker? I did. A lot of it was hands-on training rather than online because every finance system, like vehicle finance system, is different. So you kind of have to be hands-on to understand it. And also every customer is different. So you kind of have to just gauge You can't prepare yourself for who's going to walk through the door. 100%. And how is that experience for you kind of sidestepping, I guess, a little bit? I know as someone who also kind of lost their job during the COVID period and had to do something that was completely outside of my industry, I found that quite a struggle mentally and also financially because when I did it, I took a step back in terms of the salary that I was earning. Was that the same experience that you had? Yeah, I definitely um, took a salary cut, not by a lot, because I was only a graduate accountant, so I wasn't on much anyway. Mm-hmm. So it was difficult because there just weren't many jobs around in general, being that I'm from a regional town and there were a few redundancies and everyone's after the same job. And yeah, it was tricky, but I'm actually really glad that I stepped away from accounting to move into what I'm doing now. It's much less pressure, a little bit more coin, and, yeah, I'm very comfortable where I am. That's awesome. It sounds like everything kind of worked out for the better a little bit then there. Yeah, yeah, definitely did. With that being in 2020, was that right around the time you were applying for the loan on your land? Yes and no. So I put my name, like a 
$500 deposit on the land because it wasn't titled yet. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't able to actually get a loan for it until it was titled. So I did go through with an application and everything and was approved, but they don't last. Pre-approvals don't last very long. No, that's so annoying, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so because the land settled late 2021, there was a whole other loan process. But yeah, that was when I was in a fairly stable job in the admin role at the first dealership I was at. I want to ask some more financy questions because if anything, I am pervy on people's uh, money circumstances. <laughs> but I want to know, now you've got the loan, what is the amount of the loan that you have and what do your mortgage repayments look like? So if I open my banking, my loan is 402 Mm-hmm. And because it was a construction loan, the repayments were interest only. And they haven't quite ticked over to principal and interest yet. So I'm mm-hmm. actually not quite sure what my repayments are, but I did do a calculation the other day. I think they're around five sixty a week. And how have you managed to like, I guess, adjust your lifestyle and your budget to paying five sixty a week? So I'm making a grand assumption that you were not paying individually five hundred and sixty dollars a week in rent being a regional gal. Like that's a big step up. How have you managed that? So your assumption's right. I was actually living <laughs> with my parents. So oh, money dream. <laughs> <laughs> but because I did get that ten thousand dollar owner's grant paid into my account that's gone straight into savings and that's like my emergency like my backup for the repayments because obviously it's going to take me a little while to adjust getting used to all this. I was just gonna say is this your first time living out of home now that you're moving into your own place? How are you feeling about it? That's a big jump going from being your parents living the cushy life (laughs) to being responsible. Bit of an extra backstory. So being in Shepparton, did you guys hear about the floods that happened last year? Yes. We went under. No. Did you really? Yeah. Our house is a split level. So three rooms were fine. So, Mm -hmm. but the rest was done and there's no rentals around. So (gasps) yeah. Yeah. So I've been sharing a bed with my mum for the last seven months. Uh, Stunning. So you're probably a bit excited to get a little Uh, bit of space, hey? As much as I'm sure you're very grateful for them and their support, I can imagine that you're like, oh, my God, a whole house, 900 whole metres that are just mine. (laughs) Your your parents are probably going to be trying to move in with you if they're still trying to (laughs) fix things up at home. You're going to be like sharing a bed with mum in no time again. Uh, I've got two spare rooms I can have, I don't. I do not want to share a bed again. That is so fair. So, so fair. I shared a bed with Jessica the other day and she (laughs) stole the entire doona and then proceeded (laughs) to tell me that she didn't. I've been telling my boyfriend for eight years that I am, in fact, not a doona hog and one night with Victoria and I was like, oh, turns out maybe the problem is, in fact, me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Well, now you've moved in. You're at almost the end of your journey, which is really exciting. What are the plans from here? Are you wanting to stay in Shep? long term? Are you going to get a roommate? What do you want to do? The world is your oyster. I've actually got a roommate lined up. So mm-hmm. he's my one of my old friend's little brothers. So yep. that's like, it's close enough that I feel comfortable living with him, but not close enough that it's going to ruin a friendship. Yeah, mm-hmm. perfect. She's that's a smart ve- woman. I was going to say that's so smart. So yeah, I would like to stay here a little while. I'm not sure it's forever, but you know, I've got to live here for at least a year to keep my grant. So yeah. 
And you've got to enjoy the fruits of your labor. You've worked so hard to get here and now you're there. There's no rush to be going anywhere else. Exactly, exactly. How much is he going to be paying per week in rent? You've got to share that with us. So I've never rented before, so I had no idea. So Mm -hmm. I asked friends that I know have, have rented and I was kind of putting out 200 including bills. That's, That's very generous. That is nice yeah. amount. I've got three spare rooms. So if I get 200 each for those, that covers my mortgage. I was about to say just one at 200 a week takes your mortgage from 560 a week down to 360 a week. Like that's that's a good strategy. That's yeah. a very good strategy. Get another one, you're down to 160 a week. That's sounding pretty nice, isn't that it? That sounded pretty sexy, I reckon. <laughs> Would you add more than one or is one kind of you're like, we'll just see how we go? I did have another one lined up, but um, his lease got extended where he currently is so and he's pretty comfortable there, so he decided not to move in here, so... I'm still on the hunt. Very cool. You've got your own property. You're kind of dipping your toes in the water of being a landlord. If That's- anybody in Shepparton is looking for a share house, hit mm-hmm. me up because I've got a friend in Shepparton yeah. who is looking for a housemate. We'll sort you out. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Amazing. Yeah, 10 out of 10. We are matchmakers, <laughs> podcasters, property extraordinaires. We do it all here <laughs> for the property playbook. But it's just so cool. I'm really happy for you, Property Ice. I'm so excited that there's been a bit of a gap since you wrote into us. And obviously now you're in the space and I can feel how excited you are, which is amazing. And like I said, as a fellow single gal trying to do it on her own, well, not single, but I'm trying to buy as a single person. I was going to say, since when did that change? I know, I was literally two minutes ago, my partner of seven years. I was about to say, she's not a single gal unless she's talking to her broker. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But, yeah, I, I fully understand how many challenges there are with doing it by yourself. And it is always just really lovely to see someone who's done it, who's thriving, who's so happy, and I'm so excited for you. And I'm really thankful for you for sharing your story with all of us. Not a problem. It's been great. Oh, my goodness. Well, I think today, guys, that's all we've got time for. If you do want to spend more time talking all things property, come hang out in the Property Playbook Facebook group. We've got thousands and thousands of people sharing their tips and their tricks and their journeys and asking their questions. And if you're trying to get into the space yourself, it's honestly a really comforting wholesome space to find yourself feel really in the same boat we are all in the same boat and i'm here for it we're also on instagram where we share a lot of really cool tips and tricks and breakdowns we're at property playbook aus the advice shared on the property playbook is general in nature and does not consider your individual circumstances the property playbook exists purely for educational purposes and should not be relied upon to make an investment or a financial decision and if you enjoyed this episode if you think i'm doing a good job we do i'm needy and i would like you to tell me that in a review Yeah, Jess is actually really good at feedback, guys, but only if feedback comes in the form of a compliment. Yeah, if it's negative, I don't want to hear it. Um, So we'll leave it there. Mm -hmm. Do with that information what you will, and we'll see you next week for another episode of The Property Playbook. Bye, guys. Bye.